0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Forge Academy. I am your DM, but today I'm going to be your question reader asker, uh, because we're doing a mailbag. Yes, one of those. Host,
1: maybe, or MC? Yeah, Yeah, host,
0: host, yeah, MC. MC and host. Uh, I, I like mail reader person. Question
1: right. Reader Person was good too. Question Reader so Person don't yeah, Deprive the People.
0: It's it's a lot more official than those other titles, it's but true. I guess we, we shouldn't bog down. I I apologize, listeners. We don't want to bog you yeah. down with the uh the Yeah, this is the, Yeah, this is all thing. professional jargon at this point.
1: We need the sound effect of the like the take, like a the click. We need a sound effect of that. Oh yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that. My OG crew, uh, do you remember how when we first started? Uh, I do. One of our Ugh. listeners sent us the the clacker. Do you still thing? have it? I you... found it in my garage the other day.
2: Oh my God. I forgot
3: about that. I do remember Wait, that. did someone yeah. send the you a what? slate? Yes. Uh, yeah. Was it
0: badger? I believe was... it's called a clacker thing. A clacker oh. thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <A> clacker <laughs> thing, you, yes. You're so
3: right. No, was, uh, uh, excuse me <laughs>
0: neofet j neofet um, so that's right that's right oh my gosh. yeah so I, I found it the other day uh anyways uh so we're doing a mailbag episode today where a lot of you sent us our our your god damn um a lot of you sent us questions uh but first and foremost uh we have some lovely people here today so why don't you all say hi and we're gonna start with ian
4: Everybody, I'm uh, Ian. I'm gonna be your co-op today. That's question answer a person.
0: Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. Michael. Hi, Michael. <laughs> I wish I wish that there was an audio version of what Chris of what Chris's face
4: was. Both Chris <laughs> and Michael's are <or> golden faces. There's <laughs> actually
0: a
5: cascading kind of effect, because after Ian said co my face went weird and I was like, hi Michael, and then Chris's face went weird. It, yeah,
1: it like finally clicked. And I was like, oh what? Uh.
0: <laughs> No, thank it you. was a cascade. <laughs> uh Chris, why don't you say hi?
1: Oh, I'm Chris.
0: Adelaide.
2: Hey, I'm Adelaide.
0: <laughs> Does anyone want to say hi for Kai?
2: Hi. I'm Kai. Hi, I'm Kai. Hi, I'm Kai.
0: Um, <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, that oh, was a great. That was that, was, that was that great. That great accent. Um, <laughs> and we're really excited. You might have heard Emily's voice sneaking in in this in this banter early on, um, and. You may be familiar if you're at this point in the podcast that Blossom has been been joining us and Emily has been guesting, uh, and we decided to make that guesting permanent. So this is Emily's first recording with us as a permanent cast member of the Fey Forge Academy. So say hi, Emily. Ah!
3: <laughs> I can't say hi. I can only <laughs> scream. Uh, hi. Same. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you couldn't get rid of me like a, a viral <laughs> infection or. Or a barnacle on a pier. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm really happy to be here. I really
5: am. Emily,
0: resident barnacle person. Yes. I love it. Um, Okay. So we got a whole bunch of questions. But uh, does anyone have a... Oh, we do have a D12. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Does someone want to roll a D12? Two of you roll a D12.
4: I have a D12 here from Greenleaf Geek that I'm
0: gonna
4: go ahead and uh, Greenleaf uh, Geek. Oh, I got ten. Solid. Greenleaf Geek always count for the high rolls. Okay.
2: I got one. I also have one from Greenleaf Geek. What a coincidence! It's not as if she made dice for all of our characters or anything. Uh, A one.
0: A one. Mm. No, a seven.
2: Sorry, I'm blind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I have our winners. Uh, Oh. Because if you remember, uh, if you submitted a question, or some of you submitted like 75 questions, which I love, you got entered into a drawing to win a $50 gift certificate to Greenleaf Geek. Ooh. And we got two of them. One was gifted to us by a very generous and kind patron, and one was matched by Leah from Greenleaf Geek.
5: Nice. So, um, <clears throat> let's go.
0: Our two winners are General. No, I, I have sound effects it's Ian. adelaide oh, Gardner, michael sinclair yay oh. i don't need that dice you can give that somebody else i got too much you pass that they're both me um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no uh we have uh dave rockwell and amanda chan so yay, i will be sending nice. emails to oh. y'all um congratulations you'll get to do that i guess i guess if you're if you're you you could stop listening to this podcast now, I guess. Yeah, you've won. Don't. You've won Dungeons and Dragons. Well done. <laughs> I
1: would advise that we don't, because we're about to know where you
0: live. Oh uh,
4: yeah. yeah. Not really. It's a good... Wait, what? That was ominous, Chris. Dang yo. Know.
1: Listen, I love our fans forever. <laughs> wow. So- wow.
4: <laughs> Just doubling down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chris loves our fans, but in like the unsettling, upsetting way. I love them <laughs> to death. You know, like eighties John Cusack style love stalking you outside your house. Yeah. Mm. Is b- that b- not boombox am I confused g- about I mean I grew up on those movies, so that's
5: That's how happened. millennials learn to love, you know. <laughs> that's why we're all effed up and zoomers have had, have it figured out.
4: You're welcome, Zoomers.
3: Figured out.
4: Figured it out.
3: Quote unquote.
4: Yeah. I'm
3: a, I'm a zoomer. I'm I've I'm gonna finally embrace it this year.
4: This is the year. This is a year where you embrace the fact that you've inherited a planet that's literally on fire. Yeah. Yeah.
3: This is me coming out as a Zoomer, everyone. Thanks for fucking the planet. (laughs) (laughs) We get real on Faith
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Watch.
4: Happy mailbag episode. episode.
1: Happy mailbag.
4: Focus on the mailbag, not the environment. (laughs) No, do focus on the environment. You pay attention.
0: Real quick, before we get to your questions, uh, we are... We are sponsored by Greenleaf Geek. Uh, so if you hey. go to greenleafgeek.com and use the code FAITHFORGE on checkout, you can get fabulous, amazing, incredible dice. Uh, some custom if you want to order those. Uh, though our, our our coupon code doesn't, doesn't apply to those because they take a lot of extra work and resources. Uh, and uh, some curated sets as well as Leah has some really cool swag there too uh, with the Greenleaf Geek logo on a bunch of different stuff. That's awesome. Uh, we're also affiliated with Found Familiar Coffee. So go to foundfamiliar.com and use the code FAYFORGE on checkout for a little discount there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm drinking some right now, and it's very mm. tasty. Which leads me to another thing is we just launched a new tea public shop. Um, and there are currently – currently there's only one – there's two, two designs that are on there. One is of Ariadne. Uh, and so, if you want Ariadne on your shirt, on your phone case, on a pillow, uh, on a mug, all options. But also... oh my god,
2: can we do Faith Forge body pillows? Yeah, waifu
0: pillows. What's waifu up? pillows? <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's offered. But I'll. I'll check into it. Uh, <laughs> can we do? Waifu Rain's pillows pillow is <laughs> still gonna be like
1: a queen-sized, like regular ass pillow. <laughs> uh,
4: <yeah. laughs> like
0: tiny um, little like.
4: <laughs> You get the cosplay to be very short but very, it's broad. like a couch cushion. The
0: uh, if you have seen on our website, there is the, the art, art of the Fay Forge Academy itself. You can get that on like a mug or a shirt or whatever. Um, so that's available too. And we're going to start adding more stuff there. Um, and I don't know, let's let's do let's do the mailbags.
5: Mm-hmm. Let's
0: do it. I have I currently have three pages single spaced of questions. Oh gosh, right, we gotta, do we gotta fire. We yeah, gotta fire through yeah, these. Yeah. Okay, so um, these are everyone questions, and we probably won't ask every single one because some of them are actually repeating. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Um, I think I think given that we have a new cast member, our new cast member should answer the first question. Sure, Is this
3: yes? Yes, um, please.
2: Hot seat, hot seat.
0: So, so my favorite question. <laughs> this is my favorite question that we received. Um. <laughs> In all of the questions, and all of you had wonderful questions, but this was, this was formatted by far the best. <laughs> uh, so, really patron- if you're a patron for the Faith Forge Academy, you, you get some behind the scenes stuff, and one of those things was Blossom's backstory. Uh, and one of our patrons sent us an email that says, it's six words. <laughs> <laughs> it says, Blossom is married? Is he okay? <laughs>
5: That was so a good one.
3: They do say brevity is the soul of wit, <laughs> ah. <Yeah. laughs> and so, I, I feel like it's important to note that between those two questions, there was like five or six spaces, like ty- like hit the space bar like mm-hmm. six times, which I think adds to the cadence of it. Uh, so yeah, excellent question. <laughs>
0: from us. So so take that away.
3: Yeah. Uh, is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I had so much time to think about an answer for this. Um, Yeah, but Blossom, this is not uh, knowledge, I guess, for the rest of the cast, unless they also read my backstory on Patreon. But uh, yes, she is married. Um, And as far as she knows, the last time that she left him, he's okay. Uh, Do I trust Steven? No, I do not. Nor should you. Smart. So is he okay? (laughs) That seems like maybe a question for Steven.
0: I mean, why wouldn't he be?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't he be, Steven?
0: (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know. I'm so so sorry. (laughs) Listen. I guess
3: we're going to have to find out.
0: You put him in your backstory. Um... Oh, man. He's a dead man. (laughs) He's a dead man. Uh, He's actually a dark god. No. um... I mean. That is a fun idea, actually, now that I say that out loud. Oh, so, She's
2: married to Malavaris. <laughs>
0: God damn. <laughs> Oops. Um, okay. So, so we got a bunch of questions that are just kind of for everybody. Um, so we're just going to go through them. Uh, what's the best compliment someone could give a player? And this is actually from a listener's mom who started listening, wow. which I love. Oh, God. <clears throat> so mm. Forge Academy, it's for your mom.
4: I would say the best compliment that I could ever receive as a player is that my, uh, accent is, uh, stable. <laughs> that's legit. <Wow. laughs> know, right. That's like, that's, that, 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 that's, that's me. Stable. I need to, t- yeah, I need to, I need to like take it. like, you have the same accent week to week. I'm like, I need to sit down. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and also that the, the character, and the accent kind of, like, go together and makes sense. That they're that's like, a whole thing. It doesn't feel like... You know, sometimes you're listening to something, you can tell, like, this is just a goofy voice you use in the shower and you thought it would sound good on a podcast. And I do that. We all do that. But sometimes you come across someone when they're giving an accent or they're giving a voice, and you're like, no, no, I can see that character in my head. I understand who this is. They're saying and doing the things that this person would say and do. That, w- that would be a supremo compliment.
2: I think for me... uh. It's less about anything that I do or like role play. It's when somebody tells me, I missed your character being in that episode. Mm. Mm. Like if they want, like if, they, mm-hmm. if I'm just missing for a week and they're like, I missed her, glad she's back. It's like, yes, this is, this is what I'm doing this for.
3: I actually had someone give me a really good compliment like a couple of months ago that is stuck with me that I really liked um and it was after we played in just a community game together and he said to me you're such a fun person to have friction with in game Ooh. which I thought was a really interesting compliment because it wasn't like oh my god you're so good or like anything like that it was like we could actually argue with each other and like be at odds and it was still a good time and we were like still in it um and I don't know that was just like a very thoughtful compliment you know you know when someone perceives you <laughs>
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Sometimes it's cool.
5: Yeah. I, I, okay, now I got mine. Um, because, uh, yeah. It, so mine is when this has been happening to me lately, and it's just very freaking weird, uh, and I'll speed through this, but I'll give you the, the, the short end of it, but there's definitely more feelings I have about it because it's weird and complicated. But to boil it down, um, when actors are actually complimenting you on your performance is mm. when you're not a literal actor it's weird so Michael, i will go with Michael, that you're an actor okay uh i'll take no more questions I am <laughs> twitter whatever.
3: bio it's <laughs> backed i put it
5: there to make other people feel good because they keep calling me it so it's just more like social pleasing adhd
0: stuff okay well, now, it it's now it's the law
1: <laughs> now it's the law
0: now it's the law okay this is more of a statement question but i'd like to know what was the inspiration for everyone's character in the story from the beginning to now mm.
2: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> Those of you who started at the beginning, do you remember the beginning of our story? I
2: do. I do. Yeah. I remember planning I yeah. remember planning her out. I just don't remember what my inspiration was.
5: Mine was like I think Black Panther was happening around that time. Like mm-hmm. Something. Yeah. So easy like for Besky that. And then you're usually I love cooking. I always have cooking in my um my characters, but I never like went all in. And so this was the first time I went all in and mm-hmm. I one thing that I like from like World of Warcraft is alchemy because it's like short-term buffs and you can kind of always like mess around with it. Um, it's not like long-term buffs where it's like, oh, I'm going to keep this. So I like the thought of that. So that's why the food thing was a thing. And as it progressed, um, me talking to Steven, Nereen seems to be this this uh, kind of thing that keeps outputting technology, creativity, uh being inclusive and stuff and so that is just how we kept pushing through all that and so Besky is kind of all of those things combined and then now it's oh and also like this was me being uh, trying to come to terms with like my being a when I was a teenager and if I had the support and stuff and so that has all been progressing how it is and now it's all right he's taken more responsibility uh into princehood in some senses even though he doesn't want to be And yeah, that's it, short and sweet, there we go
4: so okay mine's mine's really short um now that i think about it it's like kind of like huh i guess that was the inspiration i was actually from the board game gloomhaven weirdly enough Mm. there is uh if you've played gloomhaven before you create a character you go on adventures you know you get treasure and everything but part of it is that it has a built-in retirement system where when you first create a character you draw randomly from a deck of things and it says this is what your character's goal is and when you've achieved that goal your character is like awesome i did the thing i set out to do i retire and uh, then you make a new character. You keep playing, and one of the goals that I got when I uh, first started playing Gloomho- Gloomhaven was to be uh, to to help two other characters achieve their goals, which that was such a cool. And it, it basically, if you do that, you unlock the Bard class, which is like it's a legacy game, so you can, you have to like unlock certain features in it. But I thought that was such a cool idea. That, like that's kind of what a Bard does: is they go around and they're like, "Well, what's your story? Let me like bring your story to life." And for those of you who've been following me on Twitter lately, I've started watching this show called The Witcher. Where bards, I know. I mean, I it's come to my attention as a season two, which means there's a season one. So I did a little sleuthing and I found it. Wow, Uh, I know, right? But there's a whole thing in there where it's like there's a bard, and his whole thing is like, that's not your story, this is your story. And you know, and again, going back to Gloomhaven, it was like I, you know, having a character that wants to see other people's stories come to light, uh, that was my original inspiration for cause, which is why I'm always on Besky's case, like my cause is always on Besky's case. Try to help him figure out what his story is, and BESky's like, "That's not what I'm here for." And Cos is like, "Ah, but that's what I'm here for." Ah, I am just understanding. I no just, no
1: yeah, that's actually like mm, really well good. Done. Yeah, the
4: long
5: well, con. Fuck, I hate you, but also <laughs> good job. <laughs> zang
1: zang zang. Um, I think for Rain, I so when I approach character building, I usually think first about like, what do I, what story do I want to tell. Or what do I want this journey to be about? And I kind of work from that point. Um, I really wanted to play an underdog. Like, I really wanted uh, a, like, I'm not a min-maxer really in any setting, but I really wanted to make like a, maybe something counterintuitive if you're hoping to win d and I really wanted to make a character that didn't have, you know, any I, I kind of wanted it to feel a little more realistic and have a, a lot of limitations as to what this character can do. Max Minner. Yeah, um, I'm a yeah, no Max, no maxing, just minning. Um, but the other thing I was really interested in is I feel like rangers don't get enough love.
3: Mm, yes, true. They are, true. you
1: know, whatever. If you want a super super powerful build, maybe ranger is not what you're going to go with. Um, but they are a super interesting class. And it was when the Drake warden was still UA. And so it was kind of new. And um I thought, like, what's another way I could put myself at disadvantage? Just because I like to suffer, I guess. And then I was like, I'll also make them a foot tall. So I'll be <laughs> tiny and a, a, an underpowered uh class, and we'll see what happens. So I really wanted to set them up for hardship, which sounds really harsh, but I feel like those are That those are the stories that interest me is someone persevering despite not having a bunch of like special, you know, strengths or abilities or whatever, like without my companion. Not that any DM would be cruel enough to take my companion from me because that's really all I've
0: got going on. Um, Mm, That would be, you know, that that would would be
1: inhumane. Uh, Yeah, I
0: can't imagine a DM doing that. That would be really cruel to a player.
1: Yeah, but without Colonel, Rain is very, like, there's not a lot that they can do. They got pixie dust and tiny toothpick arrows. Can they even so. <laughs> fly
4: without Colonel?
1: I mean, they can.
2: They just don't want to. They just don't want to, yeah. There's no pep in their step. There's, yeah.
1: no,
5: there's no point to there's no, the <laughs> there's no wind in the sails. There's no wind in the sails.
2: So I did Ariani like, a mix of two things. So I uh, am an art historian. That was my major in college. And I really love... Muslim architecture. Love it. Love Islamic architecture. And I especially like more architecture in Spain. Um, And there's all these arches and these gold, incredibly elaborate um, archways and um, hallways in there. And uh, I wanted to make a world that was based on that kind of architecture. Like what would this golden city look like to me? And also, I'm an atheist, a staunch atheist, and I found that I really only played characters that were either like anti-religious or just irreligious in general. Uh, And I have been on a mission to really challenge myself with the types of characters that I play, and I was like, you know what? She's going to be hardcore religious. Let's go for it. Uh, Have not been to church, have not been to any kind of synagogue or anything in a very long time uh but let's do it um and I kind of put my 17 year old hyper religious self into Ariadne in a way uh because that was that was a fun year um not to get too personal but uh yeah I um I really wanted someone that was like super wholesome and like had a lot of faith in like the goodness of the world um and like belief that like what she felt to be true would protect and defend her like forever. Um, And she's kind of quickly finding out that that's not necessarily the case or like not everything that's perfect is actually perfect. Um, So it's like instead of starting out with this character that's already grumpy and already doesn't like the world sucks and like I don't like it. It's like this person that's kind of falling out of a happy place and trying desperately trying to hold on to like – the goodness of the world, but it's like don't have much more to hang on to. Yeah. So definitely definitely a difficult character at first for me to play. Cause like I don't do I don't do happy characters.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad we could appropriately traumatize <laughs> Ariadne <laughs> to get you into your lane. I I
2: mean I like it. That's what I enjoy in, in role-playing is like make me fucking cry. I agree. I
1: want it to hurt. That's how you do DM. Yeah, I want it to
2: hurt. But it's also it's totally different because it's like She's very peppy, like, no matter what. I am not.
5: This, uh, this mailbag is very Freudian, so, you
2: know.
4: <laughs> 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 Michael and I over here like, I like this board game and this movie, and Adelaide.
5: Uh, second, secondly, actually, this mailbag has been kicking ass. I don't know what I expected. I just came into it, but, like, this answer's been this is
2: sweet. Good. We should do this more often. Let's do this.
0: <clears throat> we should.
3: Oh, wait, um, I, I do want to jump in uh, really quickly here just for some per- personal vindication of... Uh,
4: no, no. Uh,
3: <laughs> of how, of the inspiration behind this character. I was told by somebody right before I created this character that I only play abrasive characters, uh, which I don't think they meant as an insult, but I was like, wow, I have range, bitch. Me too, me so, too. So, <laughs> yeah, it was sort of that like... I, first of all, I do not. Um, sorry, that was a
4: little abrasive. Second of all, <laughs> fuck
5: you. <laughs> oh, okay, who are you telling? Who are you telling?
4: I do not uh, do this. I'm very so agreeable. Like, yeah. Bitch.
3: So I thought, what if I created a lovable, shy, little pink tafling bitch? Uh, sorry, I, this is clearly very personal for me. Um so yeah, uh, I I'm actually glad to play. I I totally vibe with what you said, Adelaide, about like mm-hmm. wanting to play things outside of your comfort zone and wanting to play things outside of what you normally play. Um, and then yeah, I'm sure Stephen will also traumatize me enough uh, to the point where I lose my sense of childlike wonder. But it'll be fine.
0: <laughs> I mean, you threw in you threw in so many creepy girl vibes. Like we're we're gonna just push into that. Keep going yeah, down that road. I'm not
3: mad. You but like <laughs> adorable creepy. You can be multifaceted. Exactly. You know exactly
0: sweet and undead um, yeah i'm so scared
2: but she's so cute i just don't i can't yeah
0: i think by the time this episode comes out the uh blossom official artwork will be out too oh yay it's so it's so good there's there's like it's one,
3: amazing sorry i'm eating a sandwich
0: there's one final piece well we have we have blossoms a chef so that or a, a baker so that that checks out um that's just in character um, there's a few little tweaks coming out, but I, I think by the time this actually is in your ears, you should be able to see Blossom in all her glory. Um, I'm going to answer the question from a different angle because I didn't create a character, but we do have some. We we have a couple questions that are like, um, how did you come to create Fay Forge Academy? How long did it take? There's some like there's a lot of lore and stuff, um, and so the. The way I DM is I don't I don't have a ton planned um, beforehand. I have a world in mind and I have players in that world, and then I try to see where the characters go and let them react. So originally, the Faithforge Academy started because I got the Witchcraft supplement and I was like, "This is really cool because crafting." Like, uh, I I think there's some crafting rules in in Xanathar's, but there's not there. D&D, from a mechanic standpoint, lacks some lacks interesting crafting rules. Um, it's like, you want to make a magic weapon? That's going to take you four years. That's Who wants to do that? That's not something that we want to engage in. Um, and so Witchcraft started to expand my thought process of like, oh, you can actually, like, Crafting can be a whole part of the adventure and storyline with how how it's built in and can be an integral part of who a character is, which is true. Like anyone who does any form of art, um, that's, that is, a, that is an important part of who they are. It's not just a side, it's not just a side thing. Um, and so I wanted to create this world that that mattered, um, that the characters were not just these adventurers running off to go. Um, kill a dragon or fight a big bad or, or whatever, Um, though it is also D and D. And so that's, so that is the majority of what D and D is. Um, And, and so I was like, what if, what if we took a magic school and kind of twisted it a little bit to where it's not like you're becoming a wizard. It's, it's, you have some innate magic in that crafting and we're going to help you bring that out. And so I went with that and started building this lore around, okay, why would the school, focus on magical crafting as opposed to spell casting. Okay. What if most people can't cast spells? Okay. That would be interesting and start, start building from there. And so I, I had, that was essentially all I had. Uh, and then I made a map of a world because the school has to exist in a world. And I really like incarnate, uh, Hey, you guys want to sponsor us? That'd be cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and then started just reaching out to, to some role players that I respected and liked, uh, or that I had worked with. Um,
2: I was about to ask, how did you get us? How did you pick us?
0: Um, well, that's actually one of the questions, too. So we can, so we can go.
2: Sweet. See. Okay, perfect. So we'll
0: just, we'll just piggyback <laughs> right on there. Let's roll into it, yeah. So Emily Harmon, who actually we did get a couple questions about Emily. Um, she's doing well, just wanted to be in a more private space than doing, doing public shows now. Um, we all miss her. She's wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's what I'll say about about her and Sepia's still, Sepia's still, still doing weird, weird frog things on, at the academy, hopping around, probably laying in the occasional puddle. But uh, some might
4: say she never left the original puddle.
0: <laughs> so I was on a different podcast with Emily, and I was like, I really like how Emily sees the game, and so I want to. I have this new idea for this magic school and stuff. I want. I'll ask Emily, and then um, I had already known Kai in the space um, for miniature painting. Um, and had watched her do some she did a lot more ttrpg streaming back then um, mm-hmm. and so i'd watched her do some stuff um and she was also in a show with michael and uh and so i reached out to kai and was like hey do you want to do this and and that was my so so at that point kai was probably the person i knew with the biggest following that actually interacted with me and so <laughs> i was I was like, I wonder if she'd actually say yes. I'm just going to ask. And so I did. And she was like, yeah, heck yeah, I want to I be a part of this. And then she was like, we should also ask Michael because he's legit. And so then I watched like one stream of Michael and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's for sure true. Uh, and so we brought Michael in. Adelaide, you had tweeted. Uh, you had tweeted at the time like, hey, I want to get in more long term games or something like that. Yeah,
2: I was like a baby then. Yeah,
0: Jesus.
4: little baby.
0: And. And so I was like, "Well, she seems cool, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and she knows what she's doing, so I'll I'll reach out to her." And then uh, Ian, you you were in a home game with Emily, correct?
4: Um, sort of. Sort of. More to the point, we were co-organizers for uh, an FLGS in Durham.
0: Yes, and and so uh, as as like as we were talking, Emily was like, "Hey." There's this guy, he's not really on Twitter and doesn't do anything in the streaming world or anything, but his RP is so good. Like, Aw, oh, thanks. We should ask him, and so that's how we got Ian. Uh, and then uh, cut forward to about a year, and uh, well, I'll say this. It's really hard to put out consistent content when you're not doing seasons, when you're just doing year-round, and because um, everybody has their own lives and stuff like that, and, and that's great that's i think that's one of the things that has made our 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 show work is that we've been able to be flexible when people are here when they're not and stuff um yeah and so um and so about a year in i was, i started thinking about like we should add one more cast member um so we can keep different different stories going where it's not like oh someone can't make it today we just need to cancel this week and then have a big pause in the podcast and stuff and given our setting, it actually makes it really easy to have that happen because it's just like, oh, someone's at class while the rest of us go do this thing or, or whatever. Um, and I was going to be in a show with Chris and we were both going to be playing uh, multi-class rogues and uh, we had a session zero and like immediately after session zero, they sent me a message like, hey, I have this really cool like thieves can't document uh, what, if we, what if we did this? Uh, you're so making me you sound like
2: such a dork.
0: <laughs> you are a dork in the I best a, way. I, I have, have this really
2: I cool doc- document. <laughs> 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 um,
0: <laughs> Pregnant <much> you an under table. Okay, though. But it's really cool. It is really cool. Who's the real dork? Um, um, <laughs> uh, which is all about how you can actually build thieves can't into your rogue character so it's not just like i have thieves can't so can i communicate with this person um mm. it kind of built put some structure around it and as we had that conversation i feel like i feel like we just kind of hit it off from a like a creative standpoint and and so from that moment i i just had it in the back of my mind like i need to get chris on the podcast at some point and then and then we started to become friends which was great which has happened with all of these wonderful people uh we just and- hang
1: out and talk about documents
0: Yep, it's true. Yep, and uh, (laughs) and so then I invited Chris on, and they fit in perfectly. And cut to now, maybe this is a yearly thing. (laughs) Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna go on for ten years, and we're gonna have a fifteen person cast. PC PC, DLC,
4: (laughs) no, PC DLC, New DLC, new, new
0: DLC just dropped. Cut to sometime this winter. Mandatory download. Um, Michael messaged me and was like, "Hey, we should have." my friend Emily on the podcast. She's in Second Star with me and does some other stuff. She's super legit. Uh, and so I, and so, I, so I checked out a little bit and, and reached out to Emily. And uh, Emily created Blossom. And then Emily started to fit in really well. And then we captured her and we'll never let her go. So Yay. <laughs> that's, how, that's how the group came about. Anyways, I just talked for too long, so you guys have to talk now.
5: While you're getting the next question, uh, moral of the story there, uh, be kind on the internet, authentically care about other people, and try and tell powerful stories. You'll probably get where you need to go. Yep. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: That was very good advice.
0: <laughs> that is that is super true. Okay, so this is a this is a question that I really like. What is your favorite moment with your character so far? Oh,
2: God. There's so many. Oh, I know, I know. It was when... Oh, my God. And this was such a hard moment to roleplay. Like, I thought about it for, like, weeks because I knew it was going to come. I still don't remember if I actually ever roleplayed it out on camera. But if I didn't, then now you know what I was planning on doing. Um, When Ariadne is, like, she's gotten all the things from Walena. She's got that armor set and the spear. And she is sitting in her dorm room at night just exhausted and – Walena has already saved Besky for a second time. I think this is when Besky went missing and I went out and found him. Um, and she makes two prayers. One to, it's my own goddess's name. What is her name? Sala. Sala, thank you. <laughs> she makes a prayer to Sala and she's like, you haven't answered anything in years now. And I meet, this woman and immediately she answers me and I don't know what that's about and I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm not saying she's right. I'm just saying I need somebody to listen to me. And then she makes a prayer to Olenna and is like, I don't, I don't know if I trust you, but I know that I will find out the truth about you one way or the other. So for now, I mean, you're protecting Besky and you protected me. So I'm with you for now. Uh, And that's when she picks up Elena's spear and kind of changes, losing my religion.
5: (laughs) Uh, For me, it was, this is the hardest
0: thing to RP, right? Your favorite moment with your character, so. Wow, and I go with hard, Um, anyway. (laughs) thanks brain
5: uh i think one of my favorite moments was because like while lena has always been very um, ethereal like is like she's always been there for me for me besky um and it was always like a kind of weird relationship there was no like direct thing which is like you know faith or whatever Uh, i'm also kind of like adelaide just r slash atheist no not Mm -hmm. like that um but (laughs) never r slash atheist yeah never that never that that's (laughs) a very
3: specific type of atheist yeah yeah yeah
5: yeah. um but so it was it was uh, doing that with walena uh and trying to figure out like is this tangible or not i know i get my powers from her it was a time that we were with um persephiroth's um or sefi's character i forget miranda Ooh. miranda right miranda um when we we're in the dreamscape and i had no idea i don't think any of us knew where that dreamscape was heading it was very like also very ethereal mm-hmm. um and then we got to the point where we were re- reliving well then is like most painful moment like the biggest moment of my 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 matrons thing which caused her to essentially become a matron um and that was like the coolest thing but that was overload. Like I think I don't know if anyone like if anyone remembered that episode, also the viewers. And I was a little bit more frozen and like hard to kind of like compile myself because like I I feel like there was a lot of uh, emotions going on. It was a really powerful moment, and it was like bigger than me. And I think that was trying to navigate that through RP was uh, was difficult. And I'm I'm happy I'm happy how it all played out, even though it seems like there's just very small decisions being made.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember you even saying like something like you did it all in character, but like, like a, something along the lines of like, I, like Besky is like, like either having a hard time absorbing all this or or something along those lines, or where mm-hmm. where you you even played it a little bit of like, where that overload showed through. I, that that's that was one of my, my my favorite episodes.
4: I was having a hard time thinking of what my favorite moment was, and then I realized hands down my favorite of all time in this entire campaign this entire podcast is when uh steven took a dumb one-off joke that i made and turned into a long-time <laughs> villain <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember who said it but we were, we were at the uh we were tracking down the pirates and we had gotten to this was in this wasn't even this campaign this was in this the, was in the other uh,
2: campaign
4: was the yeah, other yeah. campaign, citadel mm-hmm. yeah no 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 it wasn't Scarlet yeah. citadel. It was, uh, the the flight of the uh, um,
0: uh, Winds and Whispers. Winds and Whispers.
4: Oh, the yeah, Azur yeah. Dragon, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. Azur dragon. And we were, uh, we were chasing down that that enemy pirate vessel and they were having like a party. And I can't remember if it was you or someone else, but someone said, like, oh, they've got a DJ. And we were like, there's that moment where it's like, okay, they clearly don't have DJs in this fantasy world. And I was like, of course they have DJs. It's Don Jarius, everyone's favorite me bard. And <laughs> Stephen's like, Thanks, Ian. I'll just take that. <laughs> and now, my main character, Kaz, is obsessed with this NPC. It started off as a freaking joke, <laughs> and I'm just like hell Wait, bent. Just some
3: clarification: Is Don
4: Jerius a DJ? Is <laughs> he's a bard? Yeah, he's a he's a bard. Yeah, but is he like a DJ bard? He at, we, when we first met him, he was officiate. He was MCing uh, a party. Yeah, yeah. So he was. That's up for- even.
3: Better that you had like a hero worship thing for him, and now you're just devastating. <laughs> exactly.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! There are some great MCs out there. I don't. Were you? Did, had you joined us yet? When Cos has his like little emo song moment yes. about yes, yes, that's <laughs> why this is so yep.
3: much better in that context. <laughs>
4: <sighs> I think I had actually just watched The Wedding Singer when I wrote that, so that also works out.
2: Somebody kid I wish me, I had screenshotted please. Ian's face when like the name Don Jarius as a villain was brought up like <laughs> during the game. I remember he just like stopped and like what?
5: We also made a joke like, before that all kicked off too, right? Someone's like, What happens if Don Jarius was like the bad guy? Yeah like, We had a we had yeah. a laugh about it
4: and then yeah. Steven's madly writing down <laughs> scribbling intently little did they know so that, that that's by far uh um, and, and and to speak to a larger piece i really appreciate how uh you know there's been multiple instances where we've had crossovers between these uh streaming like shorter games and the main game there's this cohesive faith forge universe that we're all building together and i i really like that element about this podcast i think it's just it's just really really cool that's the kind of thing that i do with my home games and
0: it's really cool to see that in uh in a produced uh game it's been it's been so fun tying in little things like that too that's i i still have some plans for in one of our other streams uh the uh we had a a like a reward system in the scarlet citadel um Mm -hmm. and uh the when chris got narrative control Oh, no. I remember that. And oh, it was Robin. so good,
2: though. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good.
4: Uh-huh. Is that what it was? I know it she, like, good? I could
2: tell that she was, like, super, like, nervous about being picked because it was a dice roll, I think, mm-hmm. was what decided on Chris. And you came out with the most knockout thing. Like
0: It's all on YouTube if you want to go find out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was mostly nervous because I was like, they. it's better if it doesn't
1: roll, like, if it's better if it doesn't land on me, because I will burn everything to the ground, so (laughs) I was like, I really don't, we're at the end, it's, it's chill, and yeah, that is, that's definitely one of my favorite moments, although that's not this campaign, you should definitely go watch the Scarlet Citadel, it was really fun and really good, for Rain, I'm gonna go really lighthearted, I have really enjoyed, like, you know, the. I feel like this is, like, Rain's the trials of Job or something like rain is
5: going <laughs> through
1: it right now. Steven's taking everything from them. We'll see what happens. So I am very much enjoying that, but honestly on a more lighthearted note, I think one of my favorite moments of this campaign was rain and Brina trying to make plans. Oh, um, <laughs>
2: oh, my, God. oh my God. That the was the absolute
1: chaotic energy. Um, and Kelsey was so on it, like just this very fluid exchange, um, which always feels super good as a role player when you have like, a counterpart that's like the yes and is kind of this very smooth and seamless exchange. Um, that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and then Ian playing off it perfectly was like, "What's happening?" We we're like, "We don't know."
4: <laughs> it was awesome. Never in my life have I felt so at a loss for words. I I take that you as a guys compliment. I'm just like, oh.
0: I remember. I remember after those exchanges, literally being like, "I don't. I love what just happened, and I don't know what's going on." Yep.
3: Yeah,
1: that was and a lot you, of
0: fun. And you you and Kelsey were like, yeah, no, we got it. Just, it's fine. Good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just
3: keep keep rolling. Keep rolling. I've been trying to think about it. Um it, it's funny because it's like I almost don't have like a favorite character moment for me. It's like I've just sort of <laughs> had like favorite character moments so far of like getting to play with all of you guys. Um that stand out in my mind. Cause like, to be honest, sometimes I go into a fugue state when I'm performing. So like, I'm not entirely sure what happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say though, for, for me, I think uh, one of my favorite moments so far is when I got to use Misty Step and Thaumaturgy to just like poof into a room and scare the shit out of all of you. Um, that was fun. I'm enjoying using magic in like a not, uh, super educated way you know that's why we're in school I guess (laughs) um but I I enjoy that aspect of it like a little bit more just like what's the word I'm looking for like innate magic um like getting to use it in a way where it's just sort of like it happens and it's not like this some this craft that I'm an expert in yet um
2: yeah that was a little tangential but that's my response
0: is there any of these questions that that stand out to any of you?
2: Uh I loved the um the theme of light in the show. That was a good question. Cuz that was not intentional.
0: For you? Yeah, for us. Yeah. Anyway, for <laughs> I,
2: like we didn't coordinate like on our yeah. on our characters of of building them.
0: No, it's so so one of the things that I do as as like um actually so one of my favorite moments was is going back to there's another question that actually ties into this too is is uh what was your session 0 like? Um, And I remember in our... I
2: don't remember it.
0: But I remember after our session zero, Michael and Adelaide, me and the two of you sat down because Mm -hmm. because in our session zero, when you were introducing characters and stuff like that, we started to go on like, Adelaide's like, I'm a Valkyrie. And Michael's like, oh my gosh, my patron that I had already like written about was a Valkyrie. And so then we started going through that. Um, And I, one of the things that I do have as just kind of a thing that I, I want things to feel beautiful and wonderful. And in spite of there being a lot of like darkness and like bad stuff that happens, I always want there to be a sliver of hope. That's just kind of who I am as a person. And light is a really easy way to convey that. And then I also like describing things that are magical and things that glow are magical, but ADHD moment back to what I was saying about Adelaide and Michael, when they started talking about um, like, This um, patron who's like somehow connected to the stars, Adelaide is a, is a um, astronomy wizard and from a celestial plane and stars are really important to her. Like that was something that was really easy to grab onto and be like, okay, let's take that and, and bring that into the show because it's, it's really important to two of our characters. Um, Mm -hmm. There's one question that I think is, is applicable to Emily and Chris that is, it's kind of, it's, it's from. It's two different questions but i'm going to make it into basically a two point two part question is how do you feel joining an established group Mm. and then what advice would you give someone joining an already formed group that's a good question that That is a
3: good question question. hmm i'm ruminating
5: i I mean before y'all kick it off i could just really just quick say like do your research obviously like listen to an episode or two so you feel vibe right Mm because like just don't take work right because that could just be bad. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, I, I was friends, like, good friends with Michael uh, before joining this. So, and I trust Michael. So, part of this was just, you know, having heard some episodes of the podcast, having seen the work of some of the people on it, knowing Michael really well, and hearing Michael sing the praises of everybody in this group. Um, and, you know, we've talked really candidly about it. and just like the the way I'm going to out you here a little bit, Michael, that he talks sure. about all of you, just like the the genuine, like, um compassion and respect and and just love um was palpable. Um, and clearly, it's all mutual here. So while it is intimidating in some ways to join into that dynamic, Um, I also, from the get-go, felt incredibly welcomed. I mean, I think it was, you know, helpful to start out as a guest in some ways because there was less pressure. It was like, oh, I'm just popping in here like sussing out the vibe and the vibes are immaculate. Um, So this is probably, I would say, a little bit of an outlier in terms of jumping into a new project um, in that it's just like you guys are all incredibly welcoming, warm people, uh, and I never really felt anxious about the social aspect of it, which is that's new. Um, <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think. So what's the what's the what's the lesson there? I guess is the question because this is a little bit of a specific scenario, and I don't know. Chris, did you guest before you were uh, a main cast member? Mm-mm. No, I was no. like, wait, did
1: I? No, um, I did not. I. I feel kind of I feel very similarly. I think that we are very lucky to have a group of people that like I have was friends, you know, with Steven before and in a very similar fashion, he raved about the people that he was working with. And I was already listening to the show just as a fan. Um, So I already had kind of an idea of the type of story they were telling. And that was really interesting to me. So I felt... Comfortable jumping in. It is a little harder when you maybe don't know everyone or anyone well. I would say if you're jumping into a group that's established, uh, I think mindfulness and patience are critical, uh, both as the person joining the new group and also the group that is receiving a new member. I think that it's important before you agree to join any group that you the burden is equally on, I think, the individual or the player in the DM to make sure that everybody's on the same page about what kind of game it is, what the tone of the game is. Are there expectations that are in place? Like, you know, if it's a production, do we anticipate that there's a certain level of uh, commitment or whatever, attendance or just making sure that everybody understands all the spoken and unspoken rules, uh, I think, is really important because boundaries matter and safety matters and so if you don't have the conversation beforehand you might find yourself at a table where you feel uncomfortable or like you don't fit yeah and I,
3: I will say too like it's natural for there to be some amount of like adjusting and growing pains and things like that sure. but if this established group does not make you feel welcome you can always it, leave it doesn't, yeah it doesn't matter how established they are like you deserve respect right mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Also, like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's easier if you're coming into an established group that's not, like, this huge, long-term established friend group. Like, we were mm-hmm. all strangers, pretty much. Um, and in reality, like, all friendships start between two strangers. Mm-hmm. So That's a great point, actually. Because I,
3: you know, I, I have joined, like, established home games and stuff where people are all, like, best friends that hang yeah, out it's, outside it's of it. Yeah, it's hard. It's different. And that's not as much fun. It's different, um, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. at least with this, like, you guys aren't making, like, a million inside jokes. Um, You know, there's not like this, like, I don't know. I don't feel left out, Um, which I think, yeah, Mm. part of that is that you guys have forged the relationships, forged, ha, Faye forged, um, (laughs) uh, around this. um, And obviously you're all friends now, but, you know, this is sort of the unifying factor. So like being brought into what was the catalyst for your friendship, it it feels less isolating and you feel less
4: othered. I'll even go one step further. Uh, As a professional DM, I've often found that groups that start as buddies that then decide to play a role-playing game is a very different feel as a group of people who decide to get together for the love of the game.
2: I agree. Yeah.
4: When the love of the game is in the center, then people are going to participate in that in a way that feels like you're included because guess what? You're part of the game. So if you're ever finding yourself in a group where you feel like you're the odd person out because the game's not in the center and your experience isn't being accounted for as being important. Like good news, it's 2022. There are so many good groups out there. This isn't the 90s or like the 2010s anymore where you just like had to take what you could get. Like there are so many options out there.
3: Find people that wanna play with you and that make Mm -hmm. you feel good about it and that excite you to come to the session. Respect yourself. I also think that there is a little bit of
1: a burden on the group to remember what it's like to start and to be at the beginning and to not know people very well. And and I think that's just, I mean, that's more common decency, I think, than like a, a hard and fast rule. But everybody started somewhere. Um, and I've definitely had experience playing with people that both people that I kind of considered friends and then people that it's more, you know, strictly professional. Um, and you can definitely tell when people don't feel like you deserve to be there or don't really care that you're there or maybe whatever for whatever reason, just discount your experience kind of like uh what Ian said. So be nice.
0: Yeah. And I I will say one of the things I feel like that I'm really proud of this show. I'm really proud of the story we're telling. Um, but I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is how how well everyone in our show has fit together. And I think a big part of that is like the watching all of you role play and interact with one another. You're all very aware of everyone else's stories. You're all very aware of the other characters. You're you're it's very easy for role players to tell their own story.
4: Mm -hmm. Right. It's very
0: easy to tell Mm -hmm. your own character story. But what um, I feel like. Whether it's whether it's a whether it's a production like what we have going on here, or or your home game or whatever, what elevates that to start really feeling deep and real is when you are actively looking to engage other characters' stories, and I feel like yeah. this group does that at an exceptional level.
2: I I think I remember the like the first time Chris was here, like the first episode, maybe. Um, Ariadne took rain to the library yeah and rain hated it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so it was just really really funny like even though it was like um like a moment between characters where it like it didn't mesh mm-hmm. but like it intentionally didn't mesh like it' was just like a, a great personality clash yeah of the characters but not the role players. Because it's like Ariadne's like, why don't you find this interesting? Right. And And Chris is dying inside because I would love to go there. I would absolutely (laughs) die to go to this library. (laughs) But yeah, Ray was like, oh yeah, let's go to the library. And then she gets it. And then they get there, and it's like, oh, this is boring. Books. bad. (laughs) Why? Yeah. Do you you want some popcorn?
1: (laughs) Oh god, the popcorn. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I would. I I think we're very lucky. We have very good chemistry. And I think that, I think it's a fallacy that chemistry can't be practiced and like adapted to. It's not, it's not easy. Like you don't just sit down and have this magically perfect group. Um, Even if it's a group of people you really like, you have to stay conscientious about how your actions affect other people um, and how things that you're doing and saying might be interpreted by people that are of a different mindset than you are. Um, And I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways to practice that decompression, open communication about ideas and concerns and things like that are, are really important. And I feel like we have that, like, I've never felt like there has been a time I can't propose an idea or raise a concern or ask a question, um, which has felt very like welcoming. And, and like I, I, or anyone at this matter uh, at this table, have the same amount of weight. Uh,
5: yeah. Just adding on to Chris, your idea. Um, Additionally, there, I don't know how much I there's so much content out there. I'm not listening to Faith Forge like all day, every day. Um, but yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, however, there might be things y'all don't hear because we're trying to create a story here. So, you know, in between things that may be edited, it is me checking in with Chris. Right. Or Chris. uh Explaining what she's trying to do furthermore before she does something so the whole group understands right Mm -hmm. or Ian doing the same thing and it's not something that's like oh everything in this game is written that's not the case Mm -hmm. it's just making sure that everyone at the table is in the same mindset we are telling a story and you can still do this at your home table too right Um, so that's one thing that's going on and the second thing is we are all invested like Steven said in each other's stories and on top of that we're tracking all of our story, like everyone's stories kind of up subconsciously because we care. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is there's notes across the table that everyone in this t- table has not on just their own character. We have notes, on, even if we're not in the scene, there are people who sometimes take notes about something interesting that's happening. And that helps us take, tell a cohesive story and maintain our interests. And for people who have ADHD as well, we're focused in on the story because we have something to do. So it keeps us locked in.
2: So. Yep. I think, yeah, a good rule of thumb is like if you're I I would say even a month into a podcast recording or a show recording and you can't sit around the table and list what another character's ambitions or like mm-hmm. what their personality is even, like what they do. If you can't do that, something's something's not working, right? Yeah. Cause I, I know for us, like we can we can absolutely do that for each character, like exactly what they're about. What they're trying to work towards, what they're struggling with, even because we, pay even attention. people
4: who like guest start mm-hmm. for a couple of sessions, we yeah. still know their deal. Oh yeah,
3: it's interesting because like in the TTRPG performance space, a lot of people are trained actors, but a lot of people are not. Um, and one of the the Michael, I think we had this conversation the other day. Like one of the biggest things when you start like training and acting is that you have to learn how to listen. Um, it's not about you saying your lines. <laughs> like when other people are talking that is actually what can inform your character, your perspective more than anything. So being able to actually listen to the people at the table and like understand what they're trying to do and really get a sense for them, that is going to elevate the story so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, And on a non-performance note, I have to say as well, like the fact that uh, when Steven and I were originally talking about me joining as a permanent cast member, he had said, it's not my decision. It's the group's decision. Uh, that was a huge green flag for me because the show does belong to everybody. It is not a dictatorship in the slightest. You know, obviously, Stephen is putting in that editing work and that DM <laughs> work. But you're not ruling like you are the god of this podcast. It belongs to everybody, um, which I think that as well it makes for such a lovely group dynamic because everybody's so invested in this because they do have some ownership over it.
4: One question that has come to mind as we've been talking about this, I think, it's, I really appreciate that we've been taking some time to give this, this question some justice because it is an important question about finding good people to play with, what makes a group feel healthy, and what keeps us all coming back to the table. One question I have for my fellow cast members, how many of y'all are either regularly or at any point uh, been DMs?
2: What do you mean, DM, like
4: message? But, no, dungeon masters.
2: Oh, Game DM, masters. okay.
4: GM, DM, gamekeeper, whatever we to call it.
5: Long time, but me, that, like a long, like I haven't done it in a while, but yeah.
4: Well, you
3: did it the other day, and it was great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I have DM'd three or four times total, and I have hated it every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm, I am, I have like, I have like, like clinical extremely high anxiety so it is a very difficult thing for me to do and like it's not even just like managing everything at the table it's like and i've even tried like playing with friends and playing with complete strangers exact same anxiety it's not any easier playing with friends um but it's it's a totally different skill set that's really fun to learn and i love i love world building for instance so there's things about dming that i can do very well and i love doing but running the game (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: no. give me a valium and then we'll talk we'll, we'll, we'll talk
0: yeah. um i would
2: love to
1: sit at that table with adelaide on valium, <laughs> yes. DMing out, for valium. literally crying yes, yes hey, so i need to sit
0: there what's way? our patreon goal for that to happen <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i will literally
1: cry i have literally cried every time and also does everyone get valium because like yeah. this should be egalitarian. Um I do I do both. Um I have DM'd a home game for almost two years now. Um and have plans. I'm gonna start another one. I have plans for a lot of different things. Um I I don't I I think I would have at the beginning said I prefer to play, but I think I'm starting to prefer to DM. Um, which is maybe both a blessing and a curse. Um, But I really enjoy being the story facilitator. I love being an active participant and arguably being a player is easier because you have to just worry about one character sheet. Like that's all you have to think about. Um, But I really like the multitasking that is required to be a DM. Um, And I really like, I, I feel like I, that's something I consider myself to be I'm pretty good at if I have any skills at the table, which is facilitating and, and trying to bring people into the spotlight and bring their stories into the forefront. So
3: I like I like them both though. I think I've DM'd once. Yeah, I DM'd a one shot once, and um, I can't stop thinking about it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, that's I, th- it. I think for me, part of it is so I went to to school briefly uh, for screenwriting, um, but I don't and I love writing. But there's something, and you know, maybe it's been this whole two years of global panorama. Like, I don't want to really write a screenplay, and I don't really want to write like a novel. Um, and then the other day, I was when it was literally when I was writing my backstory for Blossom, I was like, "What if I wrote?
4: Are you put some work into that? D and
3: D content. <laughs> like, I have this skill." And now I have this knowledge, and like I do, kind of want to create my own worlds and do stuff. I'm. This is me speaking this into existence for the first time, by the way. Yes. This has just been (laughs) kicking around in my feverish little brain. Um. But like live
4: confessions.
3: I kind of could get into it. I I could see myself DMing in like my own setting at some point. So maybe that's my my 2022
2: goal. Now that I've said it out loud. Do it. Oh boy.
4: Manifest that shit.
2: Well, what a coincidence. We do uh, a Faeforge multiverse little campaigns every once in a while. So uh, that's Mm -hmm. true. Steven. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who? I I have long theorized (laughs) that folks, even if they don't particularly enjoy one side over the other, but I have long theorized that folks that are at least willing to explore both sides of the screen are better at the craft in general. Agreed. If you can see it from other side of the screen, then you can see it from the other side. And mm-hmm. I think all of us as players recognize that we're not just here taking care of our own characters. Like, I know who casts healing spells. I know who does damage. Mm-hmm. And I know who, like, when Wylena shows up, I know cause is going to back off. Even if I have something fucking hilarious to say. <laughs>
2: I know. I need, I need you to now interact with Wyelena the next time that she pops up. I I need you to just embarrass both of us so ah.
5: <laughs> Also additionally to Ian's point it's good to know both sides of the screen especially when you're performing in D&D because it helps you with the story and beats because you folks who listen at home may think or (coughs) do know that we tell a concise story and it has good timing and beats and things don't drag on and that's because there's several cast members who try and keep that in mind even though there's something we may want to explore since we have a long form show it's nice to be like oh I can do this another week but it's like all right we got to wrap up like you know, Kai's got to go do something. Mm-hmm. You know, Ian's. You know, there's there's winds trying to take down Ian's house. Like, we gotta hit these beats, <laughs> and we gotta we gotta wrap up. We gotta so go. A, we gotta, gotta go. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if I can yeah. like segue briefly into something off of that, there is something. There is a significant difference to Michael's point about timing and pacing, and, and paying attention to beats. There's something very significantly different about a game that you are putting on as performers as a production or a consumable product versus a home game. Like in your home game, you can grab ass for 20 minutes at the tavern and do nothing and achieve nothing. And it's an amazing time. And there's there's nothing wrong with playing the game that way. Yep. That's really yep. boring to listen to. So um, I think that's something that this table is particularly good at in general. And like, we still have fun, we still crack jokes, but we keep things moving. Like I have never really experienced any moment in the show where it's just like oh my god are we still in this scene like what are we doing here that's never really been anything um and i think that's because we're all very conscientious that we want to put out a product that's really fun to consume and very few people are going to want to dig into the nitty-gritty of like you you know what i mean like achieving nothing this the beats move Mm -hmm. the
0: entire story forward or 45 minutes of haggling at a shop because you want to get oh a slightly gosh. better price on a yeah. sword or I'm something. I'm going to buy
2: every mirror in the city.
0: I'll just break all the mirrors. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a critical role reference. It was oh, a, it? It was a yeah. bad episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. It's very, very debated.
0: Mm.
4: Steven's also very good about uh, well I should say, actually no, I'll I'll, I'll Steven's very good at and we all have followed by example of communicating via chat whilst we're playing. So if there are certain things that's like, oh like It looks like we're doing a shopping montage while we're doing a scene with, you know, Rain buying something. Why don't the rest of you think about what you want to buy? And we'll either, in chat, be like, yeah, I want to buy this, and I've got a scene set up, and while I'm sitting here on my hands, I'll go ahead and look up how much the damn thing costs Mm -hmm. and even, like, like do my own homework. So that way, I mean, we've all been there, you know. It's it's, it's your turn in combat or your turn to take the spotlight, and you're like, huh, I'm thinking about this for the very first time, which... (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I, I think that's a big difference because mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all do it, but I know in my head, like I script things out, like how I want this scene to look like before I even started, like oh, yeah. meeting with my sister in the observatory. Like I didn't know exactly what I wanted to say to her because it was going to be dependent on what Steven said to me, you know, in character uh, that like the role playing isn't scripted out, but no. I know I wanted this scene of them sitting next to the observatory behind this window and it's looking out of her faith fortune. They're having this heart to heart. And I know that going into that so that I can be like, this is when it's going to start. This is when it's going to end. And then you move on instead of it just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, with, with my home games, things just kind of happen, I guess, which is fine. Um, sometimes we plan things, I guess, like, hey, by the end of this session, I want to talk to so-and-so. But I think we go above and beyond with planning things out as a production. And that's what a lot of people forget that you kind of have to do and that's yeah.
3: dm skills right there too like to ian's cool. point um knowing what you want in a scene like having those sort of guardrails not like scripting scripting but knowing what you want out of any interaction or story like that's that's that big picture brain mm-hmm.
0: well and and that's something something i was going to say is i actually this is idea i don't dm any different for this show as i do for a home game um in that I, I, my ultimate goal is to pay attention to where the player's stories are, um, on a, on a like story beat standpoint, but also on an emotional standpoint. Um, cause I feel like one of the most important parts of like, one of the reasons so many people are drawn to TTRPGs is it makes you feel things right. It makes you, um, you get to put yourself in a different person's shoes for, an hour two hours three hours whatever it is and as a gm i feel like your job is not to your job is not to tell a story um your job is to facilitate facilitate an experience as these characters go on their own story and forge their own story and um and so like i i don't do super well in those like really dead like i want to go shopping for 20 minutes and make sure i have all this stuff um even in my home games i'm like i, I will i will mostly hand wave everything I mean, like i trust you this is this is the stuff in the shop put it in your sheet and we're just going to move on um because and and that's just my style of storytelling i know there's some people who who love who love the the mechanics and the 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 accounting and all that stuff and and that can be that can be really fun for people. It's not, it's just not my thing. Um, so I don't have anywhere else that that thought is going, but there it is. <laughs> so we've been going on for about an hour. I think we're going to just keep going on your questions uh, next episode. So we will get back to you next time on the Fay Forge Academy. Thanks for hanging out and listening to us uh, and hope you have a great week. Hey, thanks so much for attending the Faith Forge Academy today. Uh, before you go, don't forget to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Academy. Um, and also stop by Greenleaf Geek, which is at Greenleaf Geek on Twitter and Instagram or greenleafgeek.com. Get all your dice needs fulfilled. Um, uh, and don't forget that if you use the code faithforge on checkout, you'll get 10% off your order. We are also proud members of the fandamentals Podcast Network, so make sure you go to thefandommentals.com to catch up on all sorts of pop culture and nerd stuff. Uh, they have a lot of great articles, a lot of other great podcasts. Um, check them out. And with that, I am your Dungeon Master Steven. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore bad
4: DM. My name is Ian Gould, and you can find me on Twitter at Ian Gould.
1: Hey, I'm Chris. I like to hang out. You can do so alongside me on Twitter at Kiss of Hemlock.
5: My name is Michael Sinclair II. You can find me at Michael Kritz on Twitter and on Twitch.
3: Hey, I'm Kai. You can find me at Twitter at Stonefly underscore Kai.
2: My name is Adelaide Garner. You can find me at o Adelaide on Twitter and Action underscore Fiction on Twitch.
3: Hi, I'm Emily, or Em, and you can find me at Emily Erv. That's E M I L Y E R V, on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Theme music by Dave Cole of the Four Orbs Podcast. For more music, check out D. Cole Music on YouTube. Additional sound effects and music found at zapsplat.com, tabletopaudio.com, and epidemicsound.com. The Faith Forge Academy is a proud member of the Fundamentals Podcast Network. Give You what?
4: Rubber
0: bandy. Oh,
4: bastard.
0: Wait, you're trying to put it on little cat? Don't put rubber bands on little cat, he will bite you.
4: I mean, there's also a lesson there. (laughs) Good luck. Oh
1: Oh, boy. boy. Uh, Listen, he didn't though. She she really said, but he didn't, so. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Who's she learning that from? Who'd she learn that from, real
5: quick? (laughs) I have not. she's got you there it's the ancestors the ancestors are speaking I know (laughs)
3: right
0: but he didn't (laughs) two other bathrooms in this house no 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 not on the floor not on the floor not on the floor (laughs) oh my god (laughs)